Starting today, the Buddhist Geeks Dojo, our Sangha in the Cloud, is open for training. Dojo literally means the place of the way or the place of awakening. You can think of the Buddhist Geeks Dojo as a training ground for the heart and mind, a place where you can put into practice with others those things that support the flourishing of mindful awareness, of compassion, of wisdom. And this isn't just about us, because we're nodes in the network of consciousness. We are the network. Our awakening is tied to the awakening of all things. So what the dojo really is, is your life. Your life is the place of the way. In the Buddhist Geeks Dojo, we simply train to realize this more deeply, more fully, more intimately. BuddhistGeeks.com slash dojo Buddhist Geeks Exploring the convergence of Buddhism, technology, and culture. What's the sound of one geek giving? Find out at BuddhistGeeks.com slash give. Great. So that's a little bit of catching up, you know, to where we are uh, up till recently. And then, um, you know, to kind of shift into a conversation about the dojo, which is this sort of most recent it's the phoenix, you know, that's, that's kind of risen out of the ashes of the last project. W- one thing is, as soon as we realized, you know, what we'd done wasn't going to work, uh, we didn't try to just change it. We, we actually realized we need to kind of go back to the drawing board mm-hmm. to kind of reflect on this. And we spent a good several months, maybe even a year. I think it was almost a year, actually. Doing so. And that was challenging yeah. and difficult. It was really challenging. I mean, we did a lot of just really searching our, in ourselves and like what? our shadows were and then searching, you know, outside and saying, hey, what's going on? Talking to people. Talking to people. Getting perspectives again from folks who had been part of this and and, and hearing their perspectives on what worked. Questioning our own process. Like, are we the ones that are trying to put on Buddhist Geeks what it should be? And it... We did um, think about this quite thoroughly and um, went into our hearts a lot. Yeah. And part of what emerged out of that was really, I think, a, a clarification that, you know, for us, what's been really so important about our engagement with Buddhism and Buddhist practice has been the aspect of training, mm-hmm. of, of practice, of um, not just having ideas, um, but also of enacting those ideas, of, of making them part of our lives. And so for for us, you know, what emerged as a really important thing and an area that we wanted to focus on was really creating a training ground. Um, and in many ways, the community was a training ground, but but it, it sort of shied away from the meditative practical aspects. It, it, the people were talking the theoretical, mm-hmm. but we really wanted to create a place for both, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that is uh, what emerged, was this idea of a cloud-based sangha, of taking some of these elements, and we'll talk more about what the dojo is, but taking these elements that had worked in the community and, and then re-kind of fashioning the vision and really orienting it toward training the heart and mind um, in the 21st century, you know, with this unique set of conditions that are emerging that we don't completely understand, that we're kind of having to constantly readapt to and reinvent ourselves in the face of. Um, and that is the 
the Buddhist Geeks Dojo. That's our current cutting edge, nascent, emerging process. Yeah. And so it's going to be riddled with problems. Impermanence in real time. <laughs> and it's going to be riddled with, we're going to have more problems that we oh, see yeah. later. But, but there's also something that's stuff that's working. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we want to shift to kind of sharing a bit about practically what the dojo is. Because we've been going for, mm-hmm. uh, I'd say we were in beta for several months. And then we mm-hmm. launched publicly a couple months ago. And now we have something like, I think, 130 people mm-hmm. practicing regularly in there. Mm-hmm. We have a good core and it's starting to grow and it's starting to build. And there's, there's this feeling, like I had at the first conference, there's this feeling of like there's some magic here. Mm-hmm. There's something that's working. Mm-hmm. And there's something new that's emerging. Mm-hmm. And, and we're getting feedback from people that is really supporting their practices and lives. And they're really enjoying connecting with people. Yes. We had our first retreat, like in-person retreat. So those people were able to continue to connect. And um, it, is, it, it is quite um, magical in a certain way. Yeah, and, you know, I, I would just sort of preface this by saying, you know, the dojo might not be for everyone who listens to Buddhist Oh, Geeks. I don't think it will be. Um, <laughs> There's it, different formats. People can tap in different yeah, and, and people find, you know, they have different preferences for how to practice, mm-hmm. you know, how how much of, a, you know, how conservative of a practice do they want to have, how spacious do they want to go. Yeah. You know, in different times for different people, those things are different. And they can just learn from the podcast. You know, there's all different kinds of learning. Right. So the podcast still serves as a portal of perspectives. Mm-hmm. And the dojo is more kind of if you're resonating with this multi-perspectival, this, this kind of meta-perspectival approach that we're taking and want to see what that's like in practice, mm-hmm. you know, that's what we're doing. Yeah. And let's talk about the components, you know, of kind of what it actually looks like. So, um, so one thing that we pulled from uh, the community that was really cool and that kind of surprised us. We called it open practice at the time. Now we're calling it just sitting. Mm -hmm. Is these periods of time where people can just get together in a Google Hangout in the dojo and sit together, usually for like a half an hour. Someone rings the bell at the beginning, rings the bell at the end. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the ritual. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then they sit together. Mm -hmm. And this... to me, like, it seems so obvious in a way, mm-hmm. but it's so powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, you know, when we were at Naropa and I was a student there, they had this, um, the sitting room. Yeah. And I probably spent more time in the sitting room than I did in my classes. <laughs> I, love, sure, I, worked, but. I worked there. So I was like, I took my, before I went to work, I sat. And then on my lunch break, I sat. And then after work, I sat. I loved it. And it was really cool. There was this space that mm-hmm. was always available, at least while the buildings were unlo- unlocked. Mm-hmm. Um, that you could go in and practice and people would be in there sometimes and then sometimes there'd be scheduled sessions mm-hmm. and you'd go and join the session. And really, uh, for us, this just sitting aspect of the dojo is is the virtual embodiment of that. Yeah. Um, in fact, the way we have it structured is that there is this virtual room which exists perpetually. We call it the Dogen room uh, in honor of just <laughs> sitting. <laughs> How do you do just sitting? Just sit. Very clever of you, Horn. <laughs> in the Dogen room. I don't even know that I came up with that. Um, but uh, in the Dogen room, anyone can come at any time and just sit. They can put a call out into the dojo and say, hey, I'm going to be sitting in the Dogen room. Um, or there are these scheduled times where people get together and sit regularly throughout the day. And so that's one big element, you know, to really encourage and support that social um, that social pressure function of sitting. Mm-hmm. And, and connection, you know, if you're having a bad day and you get to go and there's a lot of other people sitting, you kind of just feel like you're not so alone. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, and many people do this from their homes where usually their practice is very solitary. Yeah. 
and they do it on the road. You know, people are doing it in airports. People are doing it everywhere, you know. So it's like you, they can take their meditation room wherever they are. Yeah, and that's the interesting thing about the virtual embodiment yeah. of that room is that it's not fixed in, yeah. in, in physical space. Yeah. Um, and it's not even fixed. I mean, it's somewhat fixed in time, but it's somewhat timeless in that it's always there. It's both. It's, um, it's, it, it has those virtual, yeah. those digital elements. Um, so that's one kind of important aspect mm -hmm. of the dojo and one thing that we're focusing on a lot. The other is that we're uh, making lots of more space for teacher-led um, events. And um, both Emily and I are leading a series of teachings in there. We're doing regular guided meditations um, where there's question and answer periods after or, or, you know, I prefer the AMA, the Ask Me Anything model. Um, um, so we're actually continuing to use that space uh, as teachers to develop and, and, and unfold our own understanding of how to practice. Mm -hmm. And so in that sense, it's very experimental, mm -hmm. um, while at the same time grounded in the practices that we've learned. Mm -hmm. And um, that's an element that people can take advantage of, mm -hmm. and that many are. Mm -hmm. And it's really cool you know from mm -hmm. from my point of view mm -hmm. um, because here's a space where um, you know as teachers we get to prototype and try things and get feedback and and from the and from the perspective of people practicing with us um, you know whatever they're interested in that we're doing they can kind of connect with mm -hmm. um, so this is like the classical teaching model yeah, but and it's again, also digital it, yeah it's digital and it's also merging you know, we're really experimenting with the with the middle point of this DIY approach, and then some sort of teacher guidance or some sort of mentorship, um, because now we're starting to get an archive together, so people can go in there and really just kind of put together their own um, type of practice and their own kind of program. Yeah, it's true. I mean, and so um, part of our intention, how we're teaching and how we're presenting meditation, is that we've got these sort of five styles of practice that are serving as a larger container concentration, mindfulness, heartfulness, inquiry, and awareness. And these are styles that we sort of reverse engineered from the different Buddhist traditions that we've practiced in, um, particularly in the Insight Zen and Vajrayana traditions. And we're sort of organizing, you know, the different meditations based on the, that sort of larger um, kind of framework. But we're also sort of encouraging people to approach it as a DIY process of like find what it is that you want to do and um, build a practice for yourself using these, you know, using these tools. So there's something about it that is quite modular. You know, mm -hmm. you can kind of choose which things you want to focus on or start combining things. Um, but it also, you know, gives space for people to get feedback, to ask questions, mm -hmm. which is really important because the DIY approach, when it's taken too far, mm -hmm. um, becomes this solitary, really arrogant mm -hmm. uh, endeavor. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really like, to me, it's doing it together that's most interesting and that's actually makes it easier to learn. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, you know, we're creating space for that and to maintain um, that kind of a recognition of the natural hierarchy of skill, you mm -hmm. know, because these are things that we've been training in for decades and mm -hmm. for tens of thousands of hours, you mm -hmm. know, and so we have something to offer there. Um, and as do peers. And the, that's the sort of the last part of the dojo which mm -hmm. is the uh, peer groups peer groups and the facilitated groups we yes. do have um some buddhist geeks facilitators now that are that are supporting us and becoming you know empowered to to continue um the teaching those five skill sets and 
um, you know, hosting conversations. Exactly. So, so a big part of this um, uh, is really figuring out how to support people in facilitating good conversation. And, and in particular, thinking of um, Ken McLeod and some of the things that we talked to him about a few years ago, where he said, you know, wisdom is a function of attention. And so it's not a function of a person who uh, has the wisdom. It's a function of whoever the person is who's attending deeply to what's arising. Wisdom emerges as a result of that. And some people are more trained in attention, and so they tend to they tend to exhibit wisdom more frequently. He also said that power is the ability to stay present in motion, and so I really like that to to really come into the dojo with that kind of view of power. Like we all are empowered. And at the same time, you know, really honoring that natural hierarchy of skill. And the facilitated groups are really our attempt to figure out like what um, formats, what skill sets, what is required in order to host a conversation that leads to wisdom, to support people in their practice, and to do it in a way where there can be in a kind of an emergence of a deeper collective wisdom. Yeah. And that's very much a practice for the facilitators, for the people that are joining in those conversations. Um, but it, you know, practically speaking, it's aimed at um, both practice and study because those are two really important aspects of mm-hmm. traditional Dharma approach. One is that it's like you're putting these things into practice and talking about your practice. And the other is like studying, like we're starting our first book study group in October. Um, you know, it's really being able to take theoretical material and like um, kind of chew on it for a while and try to understand what those ideas and those concepts point to and how to apply them um, and really not being, uh, not pushing away the intellect to think that the intellect is an important part of this process. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the, you know, the facilitated groups and the peer groups. So those are the three kind of core mm-hmm. aspects of the dojo. And then the, the last thing that we should talk about is um, the period of training that we're getting ready to undertake. And mm-hmm. this really came as an inspiration from the Buddhist tradition. Um, it came from the uh, looking in the Theravada tradition at the rains retreat. Um, I remember going to the IMS uh, Insight Meditation Society three-month retreat, which is their kind of version of this. And it's, a, it's a, like this period of intensive practice that, you know, traditionally was done during the rainy season in mm-hmm. uh, Asia. And um, even back to the time of the Buddha, according to the, sort of the original kind of uh, texts. And that period where people would intensify their training, they'd hang out together. Um, they would do more practice. They would talk to each other. And they would use that period to go kind of deeper collectively. Uh, it was called Vasa, you know, in the Pali. And then that tradition continued in other, um, in other traditions, the other Buddhist traditions. It became kind of a core part of that lineage. I mean, you have in the Zen tradition what's called ango, mm-hmm. which is, literally means dwelling in peace. Mm-hmm. And it's like these periods of practice, um, usually like a month to three months long. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's the basic idea of taking um, that tradition and um, enacting it in, in this dojo, in this training ground. Yeah. And so we're calling it the fall training period. Mm-hmm. Uh, or FTP for short. Um, for the geeks out there, you'll, you'll know why that's funny. Um, <laughs> and it's our ongo, it's our rains retreat, it's our kind of intensification of practice period. 
Um, do you want to share a little bit about kind of how that's structured and, and when it is and the details and logistics? Yeah, it starts, it's going to be for the month of October. And, um, you know, it, again, trying to utilize the DIY approach and, um, you know, opportunity for mentorship. You'll be able to, we have three suggested programs, but you kind of can pick and choose what you'd like. So the different elements include, you know, what we just kind of went over, the just sitting, teacher-led sessions, um, peer-to-peer groups, book study group is an option. And, um, you know, if you want to check in with Vince or I, we will be available. So you can kind of just kind of develop what you want to commit to for the month of October. And from there, you know, we'll be providing different um, resources and uh, learning resources and support for people so that we can, you know, all practice together for that month. There's going to be also long practice periods on weekends, you know, so if you wanted to do two hours or so, you know, sitting, walking, that kind of thing in your home, we, um, we're going to have that option as well. And we'll also have some guest teachers coming guest teachers, in to do yes. some just open Q&A AMAs, mm-hmm. yeah. um, which will be really nice, and teachers that have been really influential to us. Yeah. Um, so that'll be, I think, uh, nice to get some other perspectives. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, in terms of the programs, like people uh, have the choice between, you know, establishing a regular practice, if that's if they're at a place where they want to commit to developing regularity in their practice. They can go deeper with the practice that they're doing. That's mm-hmm. kind of what you and I are doing during mm-hmm. this period. Um, or the, the third option, you know, is to practice like your hair is on fire. Yeah. And that's the sort of like where you're at least doing like an hour a day mm-hmm. of formal practice and really participating deeply in some of yeah. the things that, that are happening in the dojo. So really showing up and really like taking yourself on uh, in a, at, a, at a level that, um, you know, if you're doing it right, it does create uh, heat yeah. and it does, uh, your hair might catch fire. <laughs> yeah. And, we, you know, it, I get really excited about thinking about it because, you know, we started this conversation saying we, we had just had a baby, so our baby is almost four months old. And I'm like, okay, if I can do this, if we can do this as a family, commit to this, and, you know, we have to reorganize some things in our life to make this possible so that I can sit, he can sit. A lot of then, early rising. Yeah, a lot of early, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know that that's possible. You know, no matter what your situation is, hopefully you can you can figure out a way to make this kind of training program work for you. Yeah, and I think that's the beauty of the virtual environment and what it enables. And that's part of what I'm so excited to explore is how can we create a legitimate um, community of practice where there's deep connection and relationship, even though. We're not seeing each other in person all the time, mm-hmm. um, and how we can support each other's training to go deeper. Mm-hmm. And those, to me, are kind of some of the essential functions of sangha. Mm-hmm. Um, and a cloud-based sangha is still a sangha. It yeah. still has to serve those functions. Yeah, and there'll be opportunities for you know people that they want to. We'll offer another in-person retreat again. People can sit and meet space and hang out, and um, you know. So we really are keeping in mind um, ways to to integrate and ground um, in the physical realm. Yeah, so, you know, this is in some ways, um, you know, uh, an opportunity for us to share what we've been working on and to kind of give you a glimpse into, you know, our kind of thinking. Um, It's also an open invitation um, for anyone who finds this sort of approach interesting and wants to check it out. Um, We're uh, extending a a month kind of uh, for free trial to people want to come check it out. Um, so if you're hearing this now and before October and you want to come and join this training period, you'd be able to do that. Um, so 
you know, it's, it's, it's a kind of open invitation to check out what we're doing to see if it makes sense for you. Um, we would love for those folks that find this approach interesting and who want to have it complement what they're already doing or who want to take kind of their interest in Buddhist practice and theory to the next level of really becoming a regular and established part of their lives. Um, all of those folks are, are, are totally welcome. And um, we're just grateful to be able to have this opportunity. And, and, and really the reason that we have this opportunity is because of the podcast and because of this original Mm-hmm. conversation that um, that Ryan Olke and I started having with folks yeah. and it's so cool to me that you know almost 10 years later here we are and these rebels trying to build something interesting yeah failing picking ourselves back up <laughs> and, and really being totally supported by such an awesome yeah, yeah. Uh, community of people and I, I really my wish would be for you to get to know some of those people because they really are cool. Yeah. And that would be in some sense even better than, you know, hearing Emily and I, you know, share our <laughs> perspectives on Dharma practice would be actually to meet some of these people because they're yeah. incredibly cool. Yeah. And yeah. Um, it's because and, and of them de- that we're doing and, yeah, this. Yeah, very dedicated practitioners. And, you know, it's very, very inspiring to me. It's an honor and a joy actually too. All right, so thank you so much for uh, taking the time in to catch up. And, uh, yeah, thanks so much for having this conversation. Yeah, and thanks everyone for tuning in and, and uh, if you've made it this far for uh, kind of getting into our process with it. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. After nearly a year in private beta, the Buddhist Geeks Network is now open for any independent practitioners who want to engage in interdependent practice. You can find out more about the Buddhist Geeks Network by visiting BuddhistGeeks.network. And if you'd like to join the community and join us in regular social meditation practice or other events that we host there in the network, all freely offered you're very welcome to do so, again, by visiting BuddhistGeeks.network. Love to see you there.